Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. Is about to appoint a new Supreme Court justice. I may be wrong on this, but I don't think any president who was in office at the time that a Supreme Court justice passed away waited until after the election was over. Uh, that's never happened, uh, and you can't you can't blame that uh, on anybody. That just if, whether you're Democrat or Republican, if if it hap- happens, to, do what? Yeah, we need to pray for her family. And but uh, you understand that there's going to be a another war, another attempt to kill him. But uh, I just want you to know that him appointing a new justice is not unusual at all. Uh, uh, Obama president, uh, former President Obama, wanted him to wait until the inauguration. Who knows who's going to be in the inauguration? So you see, and the reason for that is each, uh, every, every, the, the judges of, of uh, in our courts in America have different uh, ideas, just like you do. It's what makes you either a Democrat or a Republican. There's nothing wrong with either one of those. But uh, whenever a president, let's say who is conservative, is in office, and he has an opportunity to pick a Supreme Court justice, he's going to try to find one who is a conservative. That just makes sense. If it was a a liberal Democrat, they would do the exact same thing. So, you know, all of this politics that goes on kind of makes me ill, but uh, we just need to pray. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't dismiss the kids and the youth. Did they go anywhere? (laughs) Thanks, kids. Sorry, guys. Let's pray just for a minute on that. Father, we thank you for Ruth Gator, Gator uh, Ginsburg. Thank you. And her life on the court, many courts. Uh, she was a liberal, but she also stood up for the rights of women. I think that will be remembered as part of her legacy. Today, I want to pray for her family as they're grieving over her loss. But I also want to pray for President Trump that he will appoint what America needs. And Lord, we thank you for that. Be with us now. And as we study your word, we thank you for it in your precious name. Amen. I'd like you to look in John chapter 4. Yes. Yeah, well, that's going to be the fight. The judge will be confirmed. You know, every time I read this story about the woman at the well, I I, I label this today the lost and found at the well. 
When I was growing up, I was not in a church, as most of you know. I was a typical teenage young man with lots of uh, genes. No, that's the wrong word. Lots of what? Huh? Hormones, thank you, exactly. And ladies, I want you to listen to me because in a moment I'm going to pray for you. I don't know if you've noticed how God made men and women. The idea of of what God did, now listen to me carefully, was not so that either one could just have all the sex in the world and blah, blah, okay? It, It was, yes, so that we would procreate. We would have children. We would populate the earth. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, in order to accomplish that, ladies, just like in the animal kingdom, either the male, uh, female, uh, one or the other is a little more beautiful than the other. And in the human race, it's the woman. And, uh, but listen to me. What that does, that, that attraction that women have, it draws uh, their mate to them so that they can procreate. Now, in, in some of the kingdom, uh, animal kingdom, the birds, some of them are different. Sometimes the male is the one who has the attraction. Uh, the male peacock, for example, and some of these uh, uh, birds. And But as far as the human race is concerned, I, I just want to share with you ladies that a lot of what you went through when you were growing up was not fair. Now, while I'm speaking to you, I want, I'm not going to have anybody come up and say anything that happened to you that was bad, but I want you to be thinking, because I'm going to have you come right up here. We're not going to say anything about anything, but I'm going to pray for you. Some of you were abused. When you got into your high school years, some of you ladies, you were taken advantage of. You see, your greatest strength is also your weakness. Because you are the beautiful part of the human race, you also have a deep, listen, a deep-set desire that someone would love you, cherish you, honor you, and desire you. Are you with me? Boys are pretty dumb, but they're not stupid. In high school, boys know that, and boys uh, will be boys, and they know how to to uh, say whatever it's going to uh, take so that you'll give them what they want. Are you listening to me? Am I making this up? You, how many of you understand what I'm talking about? I wish I could stand up here today and tell you that I never did that. But I'm ashamed to tell you that I did more than once. It's not right. I'm saying it in relation to this story that we're going to read in a few moments. Here's a Samaritan woman. She's a pagan. She's not Jewish. And she has gone through just exactly what I just told you. She has had five husbands, and now she's living with someone who is not her husband. 
When you read the story, if you're in the spirit, you can sense the pain and the hurt in her life. Now, some ladies, as they go along in, in years, they, they are taken uh, for granted more and more, and more and more. As you get older, you're taking more and more granted for granted. This, now stay with me a minute. This lady in the story has been used and abused. As she goes along in her life, she becomes less particular. You get me? Because she's been so abused, maybe, who knows, maybe she's lost her look, she's, she's, uh, she's going on in age, uh, she doesn't have quite the attraction that she used to have. Maybe she doesn't have any skills, but she can get a good job and take care of herself, and that's another thing that men will use to take advantage of. Now, I want everybody to just close your eyes a minute. I want every woman in here to know this morning that I love you. That you we all love you. You are deeply loved. And I want to assure you that your God loves you. Every one of you, here's the truth. The truth is not that you are something to be used and drug around in the mud and taken advantage of. That's not the truth. The truth is, every one of you women in this room are a gift that God intends to give to your mate. And let me tell you the power that you have. The Bible says you're a helpmate in Genesis. What does that word mean? It means that if your husband's going to be a success, it'll largely be because of you. Those days that he comes home and he's had a hard day at work and his boss has cussed him out and he comes home to you and you minister to him if you're a Christian woman and you're smart. You minister to him and you love on him and the bond between the two of you grows stronger and stronger. That's a power that you women have. I couldn't have made it without my wife most of the men in here, if they were honest, they'd tell you the same thing. Now, close your eyes a minute. I want you to think, was I ever abused? Was I ever used? Was I ever taken advantage of? Was I ever humiliated as a woman? Was I ever hurt? Was I ever wounded? If I'm speaking to you, I want you to come up here right now. I want to, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to say anything about anything. I'm just going to pray for you. Just get up here and stand on this line right, right across here, ladies. And I need some men to come and stand behind them. Now, am I, look at this. Look at this. Am I wrong? Ladies, I want every one of you to know that we love you. And when we read this story in a few minutes, 
I want you to forget about what the devil's lied to you about all these years. You are beautiful. You have beautiful smiles, beautiful personalities. There's, there's something that only a woman can do to brighten a man's day. And I'm not talking about sex. There's just something special about you. You're special. God made it that way on purpose. And not just for procreation, but so that you could bring joy and happiness to your mate, to your husband. And let me tell you something. They wouldn't be able to live without you. It's just the truth. So I'm going to start down here. You guys follow me down. You can lay hands on them too. Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate your honesty, every one of you. Pray for you in Jesus' name that God will just touch you in His way and touch you in love. I pray that the Lord will release you of all the hurts and the pain and the wounds and the memories. God is in the business of healing memories. Bad memories. Thank you, my Lord. Let the Lord just heal and take away all the wounds and the hurt and the pain. He loves you very much. You're very special. And you take care of yourself because he didn't want you to hang around here for a few more years. Okay? May the Lord just bless you. You're not just somebody's toy. You're not, you're not just somebody to be used for certain things and not others. You have far more importance than that. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, heal these ladies. Heal them in Jesus' name. Heal them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. touch you. Just take a deep breath and relax. Lord, I receive your healing. I receive it in Jesus' name. I, I am free in Jesus' name. Judy, you are a, a blessing. You are a blessing. Somewhere out there is somebody God wants for you, just for you. I can describe him to you. He's spirit-filled, speaks in tongues. He's on fire for God. May the Lord bless you. You're going to school this year. I'm asking that the Lord will send his angels on you and guard you, protect you, and keep you safe. Thank you, my Lord. Take a deep breath. Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, my God. You're not a piece of junk. You're valuable. Every one of you, you're valuable. Every one of you, you're valuable. Yeah, hug somebody. You can go and be seated.
I appreciate all of you being patient. This may shock you. When Jesus and his disciples entered this pagan town, Jesus went there on purpose. He had never met this woman in his life, but he knew that she would be at the well. You don't ever stop sometimes and meditate on the word. What's he trying to tell us? The Bible says he went to the well and he sent the rest of them into the, the city so they could buy meat to eat. They all went and he stayed. He went to the well by himself. Now, you know why he did that, really? Because he knew he was going to meet this woman, this woman who was so hurt and wounded, it was beyond belief. In fact, she'd almost become numb to it all. And that's a dangerous place to be. When you, you take your feelings, ladies, and you put them on ice, you won't, you've been hurt so many times, you won't let anybody come in. You've closed yourself off. You've built a dam. You won't let anybody in. You're terrified of being intimate with somebody. I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about intimacy. Because you've been hurt every time. She was hurt every time uh, she did that. She had five husbands. Now she's living with somebody she's not married to. Jesus knew. She was coming to the well, and he got there before she did. It was a setup, a good kind of setup. You know why he sent the disciples in? He didn't. He loved this woman so much, he didn't want her to be embarrassed because she and Jesus were about to have a talk about what was going wrong in her life. He didn't want her to be embarrassed by a bunch of men standing around there uh, ogling her. But it didn't didn't take but a moment or two for her to realize something supernatural is going on here. She recognized it immediately. All right, let's look at it. Chapter 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. I want you to notice that scripture. I want to throw this in as a sideline. You notice here it says Jesus didn't baptize anybody. There are people in churches today that tell you that you've got to be baptized in water to go to heaven. If that was true, true, I would assure you that Jesus would be baptizing everybody that he ever brought to, to himself as, as their Lord and Savior. Okay, Water baptism is important. It is a commandment. Jesus said, suffer it to be so for now to fulfill all righteousness. Now look at verse 3. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs, notice that he needed to go through Samaria. Then came he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey. Now, there's a proof that Jesus is the Son of God, and he is God, but he's also human, and he's capable of getting tired. And did you know you could hurt him? You can hurt God with your mouth, with things that you say. Our God doesn't have a heart of stone. He has a heart of flesh just like yours. 
Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, and there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I've often wondered, how in the world did she know that he was a Jew? Did they dress differently? Is that what it was? But she knew there was something different. You're a Jew, I'm not. She didn't particularly say what she was. By the way, uh, the, the town that uh, we're talking about here, Samaria, and the, it was actually the capital uh, of city of the northern kingdom of Israel. But the city fell uh, in war to a pagan uh, group of people called the Assyrians in 722 B.C. And then they captured all the Jews, sent them back to their other countries as slave laborers, and they began to repopulate the city with more pagans. Now what's a pagan? A pagan is somebody who is worshiping uh, uh, plastic gods and wooden gods and gods hanging from their uh, rearview mirror and whatever else. Any god uh, but, but the real god. And boy, we've got a lot of paganism in the world, particularly in a country like India. You've got Buddhists and Hindus and on and on and on it goes. I like what John Wesley said earlier. Our God, your God, is the only God who died for you. He didn't have to do that. You know why he did? Why didn't he just make you a robot? I love God. I love God. Because he didn't want a robot. He wanted people who would love him honestly and sincerely. So he gave you a free will to say, yes, I love God, or no, I don't. That way he knows when every, every time one of you tells God that you love him, he knows you mean it. He has feelings just like you do. I was talking to a guy one time, he couldn't believe it. Oh, God doesn't need anything. Well, he needs to be loved. Is, is there something wrong with that? Because a lot of people think if that's true about God, then God's got faults. And God can't have faults or he couldn't be God. Look, it's not a fault to need to be loved. Every one of you in here need to be loved, don't you, Linda? <laughs> oh, there's Linda and Benny Callison. Give them a hand. They just got married. You know, they're like, they remind me, they're just like glue on each other. They're, they're glued to each other. Let go of him. No, no. Are you still in love? Okay. I have to check these things once in a while. What a story this is. What a story this is. In verse 9 again, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Let me tell you something about the Jewish people. At that time and pretty much now, they pretty much, if you're talking about, I'm not talking about secular Jews here, I'm talking about 
traditional on-fire Jews, they don't have much to do with anybody that's not just like they are. Now, there are some Jews, particularly the ones that live in this country, who will. But she's puzzled by this in verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Now, this woman looks around, and she said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, and from whence or where are you? have you uh, got this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I, that I shall give him, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Sometimes we don't realize what God's really trying to give us and we don't appreciate it. Do you know what God does in your life when you come to Him? He changes you. Now, I mean, if, you, if you're going to be honest enough, raise your hand with me and say, I needed to be changed. Boy, did I ever need to be changed. All that stuff I told you at the beginning of this sermon about abusing women, that was me. That was me. I'm ashamed. I didn't care uh, what girls thought. I had one thing in mind. I knew how to get it, and I was good at it. I'm ashamed. What I'm really sorry about is that I didn't have the opportunity to be raised in a Christian home. My son hates this probably, but he's 40 years old, never been married, and he's still a virgin. Where do you go and find something like that? At our, at our high school and probably everyone in America, if you haven't lost your virginity before you graduate from high school, something's wrong with you. That's pretty much the way they look at it. But let me tell you another secret. Your virginity is a gift. And do you know what it is? And a lot of people don't, they don't know this. Virginity is a cutting of the covenant. It has to do with blood. All covenant. Now, this is not a deal we're talking about. Marriage is not a deal. It's a covenant. A covenant is a thousand times bigger than a deal. And anytime you have a covenant, it's supposed to be cut in blood. In other words, it's sealed in blood. Why do you think Jesus died on the cross? And he bled from seven different wounds on his body. Inside a woman's body is an organ. And when that first intercourse takes place, it is supposed to break, and there is the shedding of blood. That's why in the time of the Jews and during Jesus' time, whenever you got married, you were required to keep the sheets from wherever you spent your honeymoon night because uh, the parents of the groom were going to be over there the next morning and you were supposed to give them the sheets. Why? They wanted to make sure you were, you were what you said you were. Now, we're not, 
we don't do that nowadays. We, we get run out of town if we did. But do you understand what virginity is? It's a gift. It's a gift that you give your mate. Now, if you lost yours and before you got married, I'm not judging you. I'm, I, I'm sharing this with uh, all of you so you know, so you can share it with your kids. It's actually a beautiful thing that God has set up in the kingdom. It's a beautiful thing. And ladies, look at me. You're the only ones that can provide that gift. You are so valuable. This lady that we're talking about in the story, she wasn't a Jew. She didn't know anything about anything about blood covenants. She she didn't understand. And I, we don't know we don't have enough information here to know how she was raised. We just don't, but we know that somewhere in her life, early on, she took a wrong road. And that road led to another wrong road and another one and another one. And she was being used. Pretty soon, probably the word got around. She's easy. See, we don't get all the story in these, in these uh, stories in the Bible. We don't. You, you don't know. We know she had five husbands, and she's living with a guy now. It's not her husband. But, but we don't know how many other men she slept with that were not her husbands. Are you all out there? And a lot of times it takes place because the devil will come to you and tell you how worthless you are and, and you, you should be ashamed of yourself and you might as well just go ahead and, and, and have uh, relations with everybody in the world because you've already blown it. He's a liar. Look at your neighbor and say he's a liar. And I don't care what you've done. I don't, if you've had a, an abortion, how many of you know there's forgiveness? I had a lady come to me many years ago, over 30 years ago, and she was weeping. I said, I said, what's wrong? Now, this was a young girl. She was engaged to be married. And from the time she met her fiancé, he made it very plain. Here's what he said to her. He said, it's very important that I marry a virgin. So she loved him. She didn't want to lose him. So she said, I told him I was a virgin, but pastor... I lied because I'd been with two other men. Now, I'm faced with a quandary. I'm her pastor and her counselor. What am I going to tell her? And here's what I told her. I said, do you believe in the forgiveness of God? Well, yeah, she said. She's weeping. I said, do you believe that if you ask God to forgive you, he will erase your sin and remove it away from him as far as the east is from the west. And he will erase it. Let me tell you something. When God erases something, it's erased. He has the ability not to even remember it himself. On judgment day, if that girl had gone up to God and said, well, God, I really appreciate it and everything, but what about those two guys that I slept with? You know, God say to her, what are, you, what are you talking about? And I said to her, do you believe that if I pray for you and you ask Jesus to forgive you, that you can leave my office today a virgin? Now, don't get mad at me. We're talking about the supernatural here. Some of you haven't been in the supernatural lately. You think, God, can you return your virginity? See, there's a physical virginity and there's a spiritual virginity. And she 
she perked up and, and she's still weeping, but she said, I never thought of that. I said, isn't God's forgiveness so powerful and so great that he can re return your forgiveness? Yes, yeah, she said. So she bowed her head and I left, led her in a prayer. She asked God to forgive her for the two mistakes she made. Now I've got another quandary. Some of you would say, well, it's not good unless you tell her she's got to go to her fiancé and fess up. For what? May I ask you, for what? She's been forgiven, and she's a virgin. So what does she need to tell her fiancé anything? Are you all getting this? This is your God's forgiveness in action. I had a woman come to me and had a, a, two abortions, weeping. You know what her concern was? She said, when I get to heaven and I see those two babies, what am I going to tell them? Ask God, she prayed in my office and asked God to forgive her for what she'd done. But I also had to explain to her how the devil had tricked her and brought her to a place where she was trapped in a corner where she didn't feel like she had any other, uh, there was nothing else she could do except have an abortion. She told her parents they'd throw her out of the house. They were deeply religious people. What would it do to her reputation? So she had them done it. She had them done in secret. How many of you know there's no secret with God, though? That's what's so wonderful about Him. He knows everything about you, even the thoughts that you have, and He still loves you and forgives you. I guess that's why I love God. When I came to him, I was selling drugs. I was taking drugs. Uh, and I was doing those other things. I already confessed. And God told me something I didn't think I would ever hear from a God if there was one. He said to me, John, I've called you for a purpose. I want to use you in my kingdom. I said, Lord, you want to use me? Don't you remember what I've done? He said, do you remember what Paul did? He killed my disciples. He, he killed, we don't know how many, but he killed many of the believers who had given their heart to Jesus. And didn't I use him? He said, didn't I use him in great ways? I said, I said yes, you did. He said, I'm going to use you if you'll let me. Some of you see, when, when guilt and condemnation get a hold of you, you won't let him. You feel like even the, and the devil convinces you. He says, well, you need to punish yourself. Mm -mm. There's nothing too hard for the blood of Jesus to break a curse and to give you back your virginity, to give you back your reputation, to give you back all of it. Now look down at verse 15. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus said unto her, Go call your husband and come here. Now, the, now he's setting a little trap here. Uh, he's going to see what, how much she's, how sincere is she? 
And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, that ha Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and he whom you are now with is not your husband. In that you said truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Duh. <laughs> what, what, what gave you a hint that he might be a prophet? He, I've never seen this guy in my life, and he's reading my mail. You know what he could have said? You've let me down. You've let my father down. And we've got a place special just for you. And it's called hell and the lake of fire. And I can't wait to get you off this planet so I can watch you walk down into that lake of fire. What kind of God would that be? I believe I'll pass. I, I like this other God that says, I don't care what you've done. If you'll give it to me, I'll wipe it clean. And I'll give you your life back. Amen? So, if you have a daughter, please teach your daughter how valuable these things are. And if you've got a son, please. We, we taught him exactly what I'm teaching you today. Please res respect the girl that you're with, that you have in your car. Respect her. Don't look at the back seat as your private bedroom on wheels. Come on. Respect that woman that you're with. Treat her like a lady because that's what she is. She's a lady. That's one of the things I like about George W. Bush, the young, the young son president. His wife, Laura, was a lady. And I believe President Trump's wife is a lady. I have nothing but respect for her. Walks with dignity and pride, and, and uh, even though uh, there's probably a newspaper or magazine every day of the week that's putting her down and trying to cut her throat, she just keeps right on walking behind her husband and supporting him as the President of the United States. i got to honor that. I asked Lord one day, did she marry him just for his money? He said, look in her eyes. When she looks at him, look in her eyes. No, she didn't marry him for his money. She loves, she loves him. And he's not easy to love sometimes, is he? Oh, come on, we're being honest. That speech he gave last night, I told Liz, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. And I love the guy, but he's got to let the Lord lead him. In verse 23, the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Now watch this. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, I want you to go down to uh, verse 27. And upon this cause, his disciples and uh, came his disciples and marveled that he talked with this woman. 
Yet no man says, see, it wasn't permitted for you alone to be talking to a woman that you weren't married to. And uh, yet no man said, what seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man. Come, come and see a man. which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and they came unto him. In the meanwhile, the disciples pray, prayed him, saying, Master, but he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. My, uh, verse 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye there are not four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look onto the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. Lord, thank you. It goes on later in this story to tell you that a lot of these men came to him from the city and said, will you stay with us and teach us? He stayed there two days. And we don't know exactly how many gave their lives to him, but it was a lot. It was enough that it turned the city upside down. I can just imagine sitting on a hillside with Jesus. You know, uh, in Jerusalem, right above the Sea of Galilee, the lake, the, the as soon as you come up out of the lake, it immediately goes pretty sharp, straight up. And and most scholars, and it's right by the, the old city of Capernaum where Simon Peter was from. And, and just as that mountain goes up, Jesus, most scholars believe, right there was where he drew all those people together and he preached to them. They sat out in the grass and he preached life to them. And he fed them. I told you I've read a lot of these near-death experience books. Almost all of, of them are the same in that in the testimony that the people who wrote the books give, almost every one of them say the same thing. When I went down that tunnel and I, and I came out into the bright light on the other side, my first question was, was, where's Jesus? I want to see Jesus. I want to sit down with him. I, I want to talk to him. I got some things I need to talk over with him. I know he'll understand. He's the only one that can understand. Why did John Burke sell drugs and do all the things he did? Well, I don't have an excuse. There's no excuse. I have a reason. I was raised in an alcoholic home. Bad alcoholic home. It's not an excuse. If there's somebody in your life that you need to forgive, there's no excuse for what they did to hurt you. But there's probably a reason. And if you'll just wait in your hatred long enough to figure out what was the reason why they hurt you, it'll be easier for you to forgive them. God knows it's not very easy as it is. Well, I'm going to close there, and I'm going to pray for you because we're going to go have a little thing in the back with Ken and Chris.
already bought, already got you a house. What'd you tell me it was? Four bed, four bedroom, three bath. Wow, that's nice. Now you sure you're supposed to go? It's time to change your mind. You can still change your mind. Let's vote. How many of you think they ought to stay? Yeah, yeah. How many of you think they ought to go? How many of you don't give a? How many of you don't give a flip? <laughs> Come on. All right. Tell what I'm doing now. Liz, do they need to go down that? when they go. Are you ready for them back there? For how long? 30 seconds. Okay, what we're going to do is I'm going to pray for you. you Just hang around here for about five minutes. At the end of five minutes, you're going to go through that exit right over there, go all the way down and into the fellowship hall, and you'll see all that food there waiting on you. Okay? I hope you all can stay. If you can only stay for five minutes, that would be great. Just enough to hug on them. And when are you leaving, Chris? You're leaving on Sunday. Have you already moved all your stuff down there? Huh? Oh, Wednesday. <laughs> Did you rent a truck? What are you holding hands? You in love with her? Yeah. Well, he's a good man and he loves you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. I thank you for this couple, Ken and Chris. Lord, they they love you. I ask you just to bless them beyond their wildest dreams. Bless as they search for church. I know that whatever church they choose will be greatly blessed by them. Father, I ask you to bless the food that we're about to receive. So I pray for it ahead of time. Help us to have a wonderful time of fellowship. Father, we love you. Lord, finally, I have no doubt that you healed that woman from Samaria. You took away the wounds and the hurt, and you gave her back love and joy, grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing that today as well. You're doing that in this room right now. If you were one of the ones that came up for prayer or if you stayed out there because you didn't want to come up, the same is true for you. Just have a little talk with Jesus. Sit down with him. Let him hold you. And he'll take the pain away. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, give him about five minutes and then just head that way. Would you? God bless you. This has been a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. If you wish to partner with us and support this ministry, you can give online at newsongcarlsbad.churchcenter.com forward slash giving. Your gift is tax deductible. Please share this broadcast with your friends and neighbors and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ all across the globe. May the Lord richly bless you.